Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. I'm Sarah and I'm Helen and this is the Squiggly Careers podcast where every week we take a different topic to do with work and we talk about some ideas some tools some techniques anything that we think will help you to just navigate your squiggly career with that bit more confidence clarity and control and before we get started onto today's episode, we want to let you know about a new tool we have created. There are always new tools, everybody. If this is the first time listening, welcome to the world of Squiggly Career Tools. The latest one we have created is a new Squiggly Career Calendar. So we've done a few of these, and in the past, we've basically done a big PDF with a different theme for every month, and you kind of get it all at once. But we think it's quite a lot to absorb to do it in that way. So our approach for 2024 is to send you on the first of every month an email which summarizes all the ideas for action for that month linked to a particular theme so for example in January the theme is all about growth goals and in the email you get a downloadable template which has got some ideas for action some coach yourself questions there are some resources that we recommend as well and it's all put together for you in a really simple way we do do a short summary on social so if you're thinking oh no I might miss a newsletter or I don't need another email in my life you can get like the abridged version which will be on amazing if on LinkedIn so you can see it there but if you think oh actually that would be a useful email for me to get then just sign up for it and we will send it your way the links for that you'll get in the show notes so if you look at the show notes you'll be able to click on the link and then sign up if you can't find that just email us we're helen and sarah at squigglycareers.com so on to today's topic which has been suggested by a listener called leanne give leanne a little squiggly shout out who heard us talking in a previous episode about the things that we enjoy and do well and wanted to know more about how to work with a blank page, what to do when we start from scratch. So where there's no playbook to follow, where you're probably not doing something that you've done before. So that can feel really daunting and overwhelming and probably at the same time quite intriguing and interesting. I think there's lots of ands when you're starting with a blank piece of paper. And Leanne mentioned that she'd recognised just how much I love it, because I do. My favourite thing is a blank piece of paper, I think for lots of different reasons. But she asked us to break it down a bit to sort of say, okay, well, if I'm in that situation, what useful tools or ideas have you got that might help me to be even better? Because I bet everybody's already more brilliant than they give themselves credit for at navigating that sort of starting from scratch scenario. 
And you don't have to wait for a starting from scratch scenario. So this doesn't have to be like you've been given a new project to work on or you've started a new role. There are actually quite a lot of ways you can create this for your career. And it is a useful thing to do because this ability to start from scratch can make quite a big difference to your development. So it's really useful if you find yourself feeling stuck. Like if you know you're good at starting from scratch, it's a way that you can get yourself unstuck from those situations. If you know you're good at starting from scratch, it means that you are less likely to get sort of old knowledge like the way you've done things before get in the way of new growth because you're able to sort of bring that beginner into the way of you working really easily it also I think is an important way that other people take confidence in your ability to learn new things and actually unlearn things that you've done before which is really useful people are more likely to come to you with those projects and those those things that need new ways of thinking if they recognize that that's an ability that you've got so this is something that we think is useful for everybody not just for people who might be put in a position by somebody else where they have to do something for the first time. And I think this is closely linked to learning agility, which is something that we talked about on the podcast last year, because if learning agility is the ability to succeed in first time situations, that is essentially starting from scratch. And so I think bringing these two topics together, that would be quite a good twin listen. If this is something where you recognise you do a lot of this, or perhaps it's just a big part of the role that you do, or just something that is already a strength that you want to stretch, perhaps combining this with also thinking about learning agility, I think that they're complementary and have lots of overlap. So we thought it'd be useful to consider what are we both starting from scratch in January? So we're recording this on January the 3rd. And I was looking ahead to the next three or four months and just thinking, what am I starting from scratch? And also, what are we starting from scratch? So I've got a couple of things that we're working on together that are quite different things. The first one is we are starting from scratch, writing a new book. So more about that. (laughs) More about that probably another week. But that's a really big starting from scratch. That's one that even somebody like me who loves starting from scratch, I go, wow, deep breath. Like that's a really um, big blank page. Yeah, that's, really that's big like blank page. Many blank pages. Yeah, could that probably couldn't be? I don't think I've ever done anything as big as that will be in terms of starting from scratch. Slightly smaller and slightly different. Experimenting with how to use AI to support squiggly careers. Again, I can tell you nothing about what that looks like and how we're going to experiment. We are starting from scratch there, so that will be really interesting and quite different to something like writing a book. One that's a personal one for me is I'm starting from scratch doing a daily sketch journal. So one of my values is variety. So I've never really done anything consistently or repeatedly because it never feels super motivating for me. But I do like the idea of increasing the quality of my reflections and my self-awareness and so doing that in a different way and not only writing, but maybe also drawing. I mean, I'm on day three, so so, so far, so good. But that does feel like something very different for me. What about you, Helen? Well, before we move on, what have you sketched so far? Well, funny you should ask. Got it right here. Um, So I've sketched. So (laughs) day one, there's little stories behind all of these, which uh, you can all second guess what was happening in my life in these moments. So at the moment, I'm writing a sentence and drawing a little picture underneath it, a sketch underneath it. So day one, so this was New Year's Day. Small moments to yourself can make a big difference. And there's a picture of a book. Um, yeah. Is that your book off? I yeah, love your book absolutely. Off. <laughs> uh, oh yeah, maybe I'll add that little book off next to it. Um, and then day two, I actually got a little reference here from Cal Newport because I read a Cal Newport <laughs> newsletter that day, and he was talking about measuring intention and action 
because they're closely related. So don't just measure one or the other, measure both. And so I did a little sketch of measuring intention and measuring action and sort of showing the difference between the two. So two, two days in. Lovely. I mean, I'm just going to skip past the fact that if I was doing that and putting Cal Newport quotes on a daily thing, you would mock me. Like, and you would mock a me quote, a lot. An insight. Oh, sorry. Okay. Okay. Well, it's an insight, different. everybody. Okay. Is it directly attributable to his work? Just or well, summary? I did, of some I did of write the his name in brackets because I just okay. felt like if I wanted to refer back to it, I wanted to know you, where I got you know it from. The source. Mm. The source. The, the source. The, uh, the, the reference. The reference. Well, I am also doing something daily, and this is a my start from scratch with this is a new way of reading. Sounds random, but if you are a regular listener, you'll know that one of the things that I sort of was. A mistake that I'd made, I think we called it in the in our sort of a review of the year, was that I was disappointed that I hadn't kept up my reading days. So these are kind of days that I used to do relatively regularly where all I would do is read and I found it a really good way to focus my attention on sort of digesting new new stuff and giving me new ideas. And it just I hadn't prioritized it, so it hadn't happened and I felt I was sort of missing that insight into my work. And I think that's partly because I haven't prioritised it and also partly because the way that our work is, it's actually quite hard to take a day out. So rather than just being dependent on that thing happening on a reading day, which I still want to do, I'm doing a daily chapter. I'm taking the pressure off a little bit of having to read the complete book, but just doing a daily chapter and I'm doing it in the morning. You're really good at reading in the evening, but to be honest, when I go to bed, I just want to go to sleep. And so I'm going to do it in the morning rather than scrolling on something I don't really need to see. I'm just going to do one chapter. So the books I'm starting with, I've got two going in parallel. I'm not sure whether that's a good thing. I know. I'll see if you've read these. The Philip Perry, The Book You Want Everyone You Love to Read. Have you read it? No, I've read her first one, The Book You Wish Your Parents Had Read. Had read, that, yes. Yeah. And she's sort of, uh, so far, chapter one in to that one. She's sort of sharing useful models that she uses in her work to help people, the psychology models, so that you can you know, use them to increase your own self-awareness. I quite like that. And then I'm also reading The Brain Fog Fix by Dr. Mike Dow, because the subtitle, I was like, yes, please. Reclaim your focus, memory and joy in just three weeks. <laughs> I'm like, I, mean... I need to work out... I mean, that's that's a good promise. Mm. I get focus, memory and joy in three weeks, Sarah, a chapter a day. Yeah, talk to me in three weeks. Okay, I'll let you know. Well, I'll be too happy. I'll be, too, I'll be full of, I'll be full <laughs> of joys. You'll talking to me because you'll be too happy, but like, I don't want to talk to her anymore. <laughs> don't bring me down with your, with got... your drawings. <laughs> <laughs> your cynical insights or whatever it is. It's going so, yeah, well so that's until we sort of did the three-week thing and you're like, mm, really? Well, <laughs> we'll find out, won't we? We'll report back, everybody. <laughs> so three questions then to get you started. And these each follow each other in a bit of sort of a, a, a question waterfall. Number one, what's the problem I'm trying to solve? Something, for example, for me is I want to become a better sort of visual communicator we deliver lots of workshops we we draw all of them or we're supposed to draw them Sarah draws I just tend to write words and sort of pretend (laughs) it's drawing um and so I uh I want to draw because it means that I can sort of communicate more consistently and clearly in our sessions so I know it's important that's the problem I'm trying to solve but my uh I always revert to words so one to fix what do I already know what do I already know is the question number two so for me in my example I already know the power of visuals. Like I've seen a lot of research, so I have a lot of evidence that it's worth me putting the effort into starting from scratch with it. I already know some people that are very good at it that I can learn from. And I actually already know there are some good resources. Like there are some good sort of drawing and I've actually got some books. I mean, I've tried this 
before I just haven't committed to it but this this time might be different so what do you already know the purpose of that one is to just sort of accumulate all the sort of reference points and resources that you've got that might help you sort of speedily start from scratch and then the third question is what could I do first so the idea here is we're not trying to solve it all at once we're just trying to sort of make one small move forward so for me for example what could I do first I could take one of our most delivered sessions and probably sit down with one of those people that I know are good at this and ask them how they would draw it differently. That would probably be a very useful thing for me to start that process with. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bombas socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss plushcare.com slash weight loss so I think just using questions whether it's those questions or questions that you write yourself you might have other ideas of questions that could be useful I think just being able to answer some questions actually gives you momentum it gives you momentum to move forward And then you can move on to our first idea for action, which is borrowing from what's called an MVP approach, minimum viable product, which I'm sure lots of you have either done before or got experience of, but it's really useful for two reasons. They give you pace and they mitigate risk at the same time. So they almost feel like contradictory things. Like when you bring those things together, you're like, oh, you're going to move forward fast and you're going to make sure that you know you, you don't do things that are too risky because actually when you go fast, it can feel quite risky. So the way to do an MVP when you're starting from scratch is one, create something that is good enough. Now, I always think if you're someone like me, this can potentially become a stumbling block. So even though I'm somebody who likes a blank piece of paper, I don't love things that are good enough. Helen does. Helen's really good at prototyping. So you have to be really careful that you don't hit it create a cop out of going oh well my good enough bar is so high that it's not an mvp at all it's actually like a maximum viable product because you just keep working on it and working on it and working on it so if you are like me just watch out for that like figure out when you have to let it go to kind of let it grow is often what what we would say there so just be a bit careful on that one if you've kind of got that tendency to hold on to things too tightly once you've got something that's good enough the purpose of doing that is to then get feedback from the people that matter. So that could be customers, that could be clients, that could be colleagues. So it has to be good enough that whoever those people are can understand it and can give you useful feedback. And here we would always recommend like 
asking for feedback and framing that feedback with questions that are going to give you the insights that you need. So for example, if I was um, going to come up with an idea for a new podcast format, I need to give Helen enough about that format. And then I probably want to give her some questions that actually then going to help me to figure out how useful is that format going to be? What does she think could be better? You know, is that a podcast that she would like to listen to? So really think through what those questions are. Don't just give someone something and just go, can I have some feedback, please? Because you won't get the quality in response. Then the really important bit is then, so what now? So what are you going to do with that feedback? Do you swerve? So are you going to change direction? So maybe you're sort of still heading for the same outcome, but you're sort of going to get there in a different way. Are you going to speed up? You're like, wow, there's something here that's that's great, that's gone really well, so let's kind of go for it. Are you going to slow down? Has that feedback given you more questions? Do you just need to press pause momentarily? Or are you going to stop because something didn't work? It just doesn't feel like you're getting the response that you'd hoped for. And none of those are right or wrong. It's not about going, well, oh, if I swerve or I stop, then I've failed. And if I speed up, that's a sort of the only win here. I think the win is going through the MVP approach because actually what you've then done is you've started from scratch, you've made really good progress and then you've got something to work with. And then I think my only other bit of advice when you're doing this is whether you label it as an MVP, whether you label it as an experiment, whether you just say to people, I'm just getting this to a good enough point so I can get some feedback, make sure you tell people what you're doing because if people think it's the finished product, then you probably will get a different response to if people know, oh, this is very much work in progress, which is probably how I would describe it. And I think that last process, the sort of swerve, speed up, slow down or stop is really important because if you are a person like Sarah and to some extent me, to be honest, that is attracted to new things, like there's a lot of energy in the new and you enjoy starting from scratch, then the danger is you start lots and lots of things from scratch and you get feedback and you do all those first pieces. But the problem is they're all sort of there in parallel and it gets a bit distracted and you don't know what you're doing with it. It's confusing for other people and you're not equally committed to things. I don't think that's great just to continually start lots of things from scratch. What you need to do is that last process where you're sort of in control of what you're creating and people can see the status of those different things. And then I think that gives people confidence in you're sort of managing all of that newness otherwise I think there's sort of like this risk that people think like maybe you're just sort of randomly creating things that are creating also creating confusion at the same time for people I think this is a really good example of where you can kind of borrow brilliance from a different world MVPs I think probably typically come from sort of tech world and where people are building products and I was researching this before today and there is so many useful resources out there where you can read about MVPs, really good diagrams, really good summaries. And it's not a hard kind of translation to then go, well, how would I then apply this to my world to start from scratch? And everything I was reading, I was like, oh yeah, that's useful. I can I can see how that could help me, even as somebody who already kind of enjoys doing this. So um, worth spending a bit of time on that if that feels useful for you. So idea for action number two is scratch stacking, which is something I think we sort of borrowed and built on from James Clear, who has this concept of habit stacking. So if you're trying to build a new habit, then actually attach it onto something that you already do. So for example, if I'm trying to listen to more podcasts and what is something I do every day? No, brush my teeth, get ready, put my makeup on. If I attach the new habit I'm trying to create, listening to podcasts on something I already do then you're not trying to find sort of extra time in your day to do it so we've taken that concept and thought well how could that apply to starting something from scratch because 
this doesn't always mean you have to do something dramatically different. You know, you don't have to completely redo your working week or completely change how you're running a meeting or approaching a project, for example. What you can do is take something that you already do regularly and sort of add the new onto it. So for example, it might be that, you know, you always run your team meeting and it happens every week on a Monday. You might say, oh, why don't we try a stand-up meeting on a Wednesday? Because you've seen some new some new way of running meetings, which is supposed to improve the effectiveness of them. Or maybe you create a lot of presentations and rather than, you know, never doing a presentation again, you might think, well, what I'm going to do is take the fact that I always do the presentation for the project meeting and I'm going to use a brand new bit of tech to improve how I do it and start from scratch with that bit of tech so often these sort of taking what I already do and adding something new to it is a good way to get a bit more comfortable with this sort of starting from scratch approach so some ideas I've tried to think about what do lots of people do a lot of presentations being one of them I found a new tool that I haven't tried out yet called Typeset which is supposed to kind of make beautiful presentations very quickly so that's an example of sort of doing a bit of tech stacking something that you do but adding a new bit of tech to it vision boards which you might want to do I've recently done a LinkedIn post on to how to create your vision board but vision boards plus the starting from scratch thing is adding an accountability partner that is something that I am doing with a friend called Abby we're going to be doing a bit of accountability over WhatsApp so that's sort of adding people into it starting from scratch with bringing somebody else into what you're working on or the way you're working and if you do a lot of workshops a new tool that you could add in to the way that you do workshops is one called crazy eights which Sarah and I have spoken about before it's sort of an innovation process really to quickly generate new ideas without a lot of critique coming from other people that can kill them so that's an example of sort of adding a new process into the way you're working they are you know not the only ones that you can do but they are just some ideas to get you started with starting from scratch if that makes sense so idea for action three we're calling smart copying And we have had quite a long debate about the word copy and copying, which I think I feel more comfortable with, actually. That's so weird. Sarah's normally like super sensitive about words and things. And I'm like, oh, no, I don't like the idea of copy. She's like, I'm quite comfortable with it. I think it's because I have read quite a few books on um, idea generation and kind of developing new things from scratch. And one of the points that you see really consistently is everyone sort of copies what's gone before but you're putting things together in a new way and I guess well, that's why it's smart, smart copying. copying there you go but copying in its own I feel like copying in its own right goes like against my fundamental belief that you should run your own race yes. I feel like there's like a yeah. values deep conflict for me with the, like the idea of copying well and also think if you just if you're just copying the likelihood is you're not going to do a good job because you know someone's already done that thing so you're losing your uniqueness and what makes you distinctive so we're not saying just sort of copy in a sort of we we talked about actually we really don't want it to be like cut and paste you're not just going well I look at Helen I just cut and paste what Helen does because for loads of reasons like very clearly that's never going to work really well for you so what we what we're suggesting here is when you are starting from something from scratch and it can feel you know really hard and quite overwhelming at that point start by looking at what someone else does really well in that area then think how could that be useful for me so at this point we're sort of almost you started off and you are going well if I was just going to copy them like what what is it that they do well you're trying to almost pick out the what is it that makes them so good at what they do then you start to go actually how can I smartly use this in a way that feels like relevant for me for my world for the work that I'm doing so how could this be useful for me 
And then finally, what would I do differently as a result? And at that point, you've sort of adapted and you've applied. So we were then testing this out to make sure this works and that we're not just copying people. So if we were thinking about our next book that we're going to start writing, because we're starting that from scratch, and we were like, right, who is, you know, the guru of business books, person we really admire. So Adam Grant obviously sprung to mind for us, admire him and his work and the books that he writes. So we were like, what is one thing, for example, he does well? And we both really like the way that he... He does more than one thing well. Yeah, he does lots of things. We were were like, I don't want to make it too lengthy. One thing he does really well is collects data from quite simple surveys so that his work lives beyond a book. And we always talk about this idea of we think all of our work should go beyond books because, you know, books are not for everyone. And we think he he does a really good job using those surveys to kind of bring insights to life. So we're like, great, we've seen we've seen how he's done that. But we, we, you know, again, we wouldn't do it in exactly the same way, but it's, a, it's an interesting insight to start with. How could that be useful for us? Well, that gives you some data points to talk to whether that might be media about or maybe some of our clients about when people are sort of talking about impact or can you give us some stats and facts? So for people who like those, it gives you those things to be able to share. I think it also means that your work feels really relevant beyond just a book coming out. So, you know, it gives you more reasons to keep talking about the work that you're doing. Also, you can test your ideas to make sure they are relevant. And you can do it quite simply. So we talked about, you know, I think that word simple surveys is important. You know, you don't need to be a data scientist to be able to design these. So we were like, okay, we could have a go at this. And then what would we do differently as a result? Well, one of the things that we might do is we don't have to wait for a book to start doing this. So we could start doing really simple career surveys, actually almost straight away if we wanted to, to almost build up an evidence bank answering the question, what matters to people in their squiggly career at the moment? And actually then suddenly you get to, that's even more useful than anything to do with a book. Actually, that informs the workshops we run, how we help individuals, the podcast topics that we cover. So even just going through that sort of smart copying process, suddenly starting from scratch doesn't feel daunting. It feels exciting. And we've gone quite far away from where we started, but we sort of needed that catalyst of almost kind of copying a bit of a go-to guru to just get us started. So just to recap then on those three ideas for action then, the first was to use the MVP approach. The second was to do some scratch stacking. And the third was to do some smart copying. And we will summarise all of those ideas for action in the pod sheet, which if you are a regular listener, you'll know that you can get that on our website and that the link is also in the show notes. If you are new to the world of squiggly careers, welcome, welcome. Happy New Year to you. Uh, But yeah, if you are new, then there is something we send out every week called pod mail. You can sign up for it on our website on amazingif.com. Comes out on a Tuesday and you basically get the pod sheet, the summary of the episode and um, it's all there for you so any one of those places you'll be able to find the summary of those three ideas of action that we have just talked about but that's all for this week as always thank you so much for listening we do really appreciate it i'm back with you again soon bye for now bye everyone small details are big surfaces Tight corners or odd shapes, flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. 
Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns, so you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1, only from Rust-Oleum. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 